Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Dirt in association with the DC Thompson Shop. We're the podcast that provides a spark of garden inspiration. I'm Emily, Senior Content Creator for Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Sophie, Grow Your Own's content writer. On today's episode, we'll be discussing goats that cut your grass and we talk pet disasters on the plot. But first, we're chatting to television chef, author and sustainable gardener, Clodagh McKenna. Hello, Clodagh. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Um, have you been in the garden this morning? Have you been outside? Had a chance to be sort of amongst everything yet today? Well, you know what? This morning on Mondays, um, I have a really early start because I'm on this morning show on ITV Studios. So I leave the country to go to London um, to record the live show. But I was up at five this morning um, to feed the chickens um, and the ducks. Um, they're up really early just like me yeah <laughs> um and I went down and did the cow count um and then um and then off I went to ITV this morning oh Perfect. amazing so for anyone that hasn't obviously heard of you or not doesn't watch this morning can you just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners and and sort of the work that you do yes of course uh, my name is Clodagh McKenna um I'm the author of eight cookery books um my latest cookbook is called In Minutes, um, which was a number one Amazon bestseller here in the UK. Um, and I have been a chef for over 22 years. I've had restaurants in Ireland. I've had five television series in Ireland. Um, I used to be the resident chef on the Today Show in America um, before I got contracted with I. TV this morning and now I'm part of the ITV this morning family and I've been with them for a year and a half. Um, I moved to the country with my now husband um, over four years ago and we moved into a neglected part of Highclere Park which is called Broadspear. It's a hundred acres. Um, people will um, and a lot of people might have been following my journey on Instagram. Um, over the four years, we have um, turned it into um, a small, sustainable working farm. Um, we have cattle, um, Aberdeen Angus. We have ducks. We have a lot of chickens, three different varieties, um, Burford's olives and Cotswold leg bars. Um, we have now um, a working um, walled garden with fruit and vegetables. Um, we have orchards. We have five beehives. We have cutting gardens. Um, I built, um, I restored an old building and into, made it into a little pub, which is for us and our family that live in the area. Um, and now we are in the middle. If you hear any drilling and banging, it's because we're now converting another outbuilding into a pickling, fermenting and drying shed. Sounds fantastic. It actually sounds like the magazine's dream if it were a person. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grow your own dream <laughs> a grow your yeah, own dream absolutely. it definitely is Sophie was telling me as well she'd been watching a few of your um YouTube videos that you were getting very excited about your chicken eggs <laughs> that must be a nice treat to have on a regular basis it is yeah so the YouTube is a new online series that we started about six seven weeks ago um and every sunday at seven o'clock we upload a brand new um episode of everything that's happening on the farm um so we cover everything from 
how to pin out your apples on your apple tree so you get a good harvest, how to pickle beetroot, how to keep hens, how to keep bees, um, the importance of sustainable cattle farming um, and kind of taking out all the myths from it um, and, and lots of other things that go on here on a daily basis. It's a very busy farm. It certainly sounds it. Absolutely. And and from watching the videos, actually, you can just see how how big it is and how much does go on there. So it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Had you had much gardening experience before uh, you moved to your current place? I mean, just light gardening, you know, like, you know, like everybody else, yeah. you know, you know, with a small garden and etc. But not to this scale of of what we're doing. You know, I've never done we now have a complete over after four years a complete um full sustainable cycle you know where we have all our own compost we save all our own seeds every year um everything that we grow like including every flower everything every vegetable everything comes from seed um and yeah i hadn't kept chickens before or ducks and I never kept cattle. And I just thought, oh, we put cows in the field. It's not like that at all. <laughs> um, so it's been a huge learning curve over the past four years. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, you know, you've really thrown yourself headfirst into that. Would you say as well, obviously, with an extensive career in, in the food industry, has growing your own food um, changed your relationship with how you cook in any way? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I now cook, I now plan what I'm going to eat at about you know five o'clock I'll walk out into the garden I'll pick whatever is best um and I will have that for dinner so you know sometimes it'll be like at the moment we have you know a glut of beetroot and courgettes and carrots um and beans so you know I'm trying to vary or diet as much as possible um like yesterday, I made a really big, beautiful salad of grated, cooked, roasted beetroot with grated um, carrots. Um, and then I, you know, blanched all of the green beans and chopped them all up and popped them into that and made a lovely vinaigrette. And then we had a lovely husk of corn with it um, as well afterwards. Um, so I'm constantly just trying to use every single little bit so there's no you know there's no waste and I think that's always the biggest challenge of people who grow a lot is that you get everything all at once yeah um and and you know how to use it up on Saturday I made a carrot cake which was fantastic because it used up like I made two carrot cakes and we've gone through one already because we had visitors yesterday um you know but it was brilliant because it used up like 14 carrots um which was so exciting and her duck eggs and everything but um pickling is definitely the way forward I mean getting vinegar and sugar into a pot dissolving the the sugar and then adding in you know spices whether it's mustard seeds or some herbs and then pouring that over you know vegetables and I'm jarring them and keeping that flavor for the autumn months it's so exciting when you look in your kitchen you see all the and my kitchen is just full of colour at the moment all the rainbow of carrots and courgettes and beetroot being pickled and it's fast food you just open up the jar and you know take it from the jar um you know for adding you know with a boiled egg and a salad and it's gorgeous I just think pickling vegetables gives them a whole another life almost I, I it lifts everything doesn't it like say a salad or really anything you use them in it just adds that lovely zing I, I love a pickled veg yeah it does it adds like one just that wonderful flavor of 
you know, whether it's apple cider vinegar, so you're getting that sharpness, you know, in there. So it does definitely change the flavor. And then if you put in mustard seeds in there, like I love adding mustard seeds into my, all my pickles actually. Um, and, and, and then it does, because like during the, you know, if you're growing all year round and then during the autumn and the winter, you know, you have less and less coming out of the garden and it's brilliant to have, you know, to be storing away like a squirrel, all these, beautiful vegetables yes. and that nothing goes to waste because boy you, you know it's a lot of work you know growing everything from seed and you do not want to waste anything you know when it comes out of your garden this is the thing isn't it and it's such a horrible feeling when you do have to throw things away especially when you've taken so much time and effort growing them and you know to be able to preserve everything like you have it's just a lot lot better isn't it a lot better option <laughs> um definitely yeah so uh, now what would you say has been your biggest success on the farm so far um what bits have you been most proud of oh oh my god that's so hard um <laughs> too many do you know what funnily i mean are you, so if we're just talking about growing um yeah. i think growing you know corn on the cob you know in the husks from seed has been a quite extraordinary to watch that grow. You know, a tiny little seed took into these huge kind of, they're almost like plant, go, you know, moving into tree status, you know, in the garden. Um, and taking, you know, you know, harvesting them and then cooking them in the on the barbecue, turning every 10 minutes, and then just with butter and sea salt. It's quite oh. extraordinary. I think that is definitely one of the most satisfying things this summer. Um, this year I really worked hard on, um, planning my, my planting as I'm kind of getting more confident with my growing so that I'm not, you know, sowing out everything at once. Because when I first started, I'd be like, oh, let's do a whole bed of French beans. (laughs) Not thinking about the fact that I don't need to eat, you know, 500 beans all at once. (laughs) And so it was like a nightmare. A nightmare and you know, all the beans were just fighting for the nutrients you know which is not good you know it should be you know there should be a whole mixture of vegetables you know mm. in your bed but I learned by my mistake and um, this year we just put up you know a few um green bee or green bean plants um so definitely when the peas are in season that's really exciting because you can eat them immediately you know oh, opening yes. up that pod and seeing the fresh beans inside there is quite exciting and um, the tomatoes even though I have been growing for four years, this is my very first year of growing tomatoes successfully. Um, and I've, I've got over 130 tomato plants, all different varieties. Wow. Um, and that is it's so exciting. I mean, we are having tomatoes every day. I go into the, you know, my mom lives with us here too, and I go into the greenhouse with her and we pick the tomatoes and eat them straight away as snacks and <laughs> um, the taste of the sun goes or the chocolate, the chocolate tomatoes, you know, when they're ripe and you're taking them off the vine mm. is, it's just extraordinary. And I think, yeah, for anybody who's growing and hasn't done it from seed, I think I would like really encourage you to do it from seed because it is so much cheaper. I mean, there's no way I could afford to be doing the growing that we're doing by buying them from plants. You know, grow it from seed. They're about two pounds a pack for seeds. Um, use your windowsills, you know, to propagate them. Um, and we're having it's going to be such a mild September, you know. So even if you never grown from seed before, you know, you can still grow radishes and salad leaves and 
get your cards going on your windowsills, the seeds, and then bring them out. You'll have them by October. It's going to be, it looks like it's going to be a very mild autumn. Yes, this sounds like it, doesn't it? I mean, with all this heat, these heat waves that keep coming back and back all over again, yeah, it sort of certainly feels that way. Um, it's, I know you mentioned, obviously, a, a few mistakes that you'd made along the way, but what would you say is your sort of biggest mistake that stand out and really made you learn something from your growing journey so far? Um, the biggest mistake was planting too many things of too many of the one thing. Sorry, so I am retracting to what I said before. But it definitely is the biggest mistake. And I think it's the biggest mistake that every enthusiastic, you know, first time big growers do. Mm, Um, Like when my first year of doing tomato plants, oh, my God, I got them all going from seed inside the windowsills in the house. I was so excited when they were all going into seedlings, brought them all out, planted them into, you know, a raised bed, did a whole raised bed. I mean, I have so many photographs of you know, myself being so excited, standing over them going, yay! <laughs> um, because there were too many of them there, they were all fighting for nutrients. I never fed them. I didn't know that you had to feed them. Um, and they all died. Every single one of them died. And it broke yeah. my heart. I, I actually did cry. Oh. Um, it broke my heart. Oh. Um, and they all got blight. It was just a disaster. Um, But it's amazing what a winter does. You know, you just forget. And then you're like, okay, (laughs) here we go again. Let's do this. Um, But I'm so glad I had all of those. First start, um, I'm so glad I had all of those, you know, moments because I learned from them. It made me, you know, understand that you have to have a little bit more patience with growing. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, the patience to learn. You've got to listen to people. You've got to read. You've got to listen to podcasts like you guys. Um, you know, you've got to really immerse yourself in it and be interested and learn. You don't think that you know it all, which I think when I first started, I was like, oh, I can do this. But I've learned a lot from a lot of people and I'm very thankful for that but then would you say that you obviously had an attitude of like like say I'm going to throw myself into it I'm going to give it a go and see what happens and I think a lot of people that come on our podcast have that same attitude and actually I think pushing yourself to do things and like you say you might make mistakes but you, that's the way you learn you know you, you come back the next season and you have an even better start and it's you know you're always moving forward definitely always moving forward and it's great to visit places as well you know visit other you know, brilliant gardens. And in England, Britain is amazing, you know, um, for their open public gardens. And there's so many that you can go and see. And I think, you know, that is really, really important to be able to, you know, get out there and like actually visually see, you know, you know, what other people are doing or Instagram. I found like Instagram is amazing for, you know, people who helped me. I, I share all my videos and I still do all videos on Instagram about what I'm doing. And people will come back to me and kind of go, oh, don't do this or do this. Or, you know, like learning different things like coffee grinds. Like coffee grinds are brilliant for acid-loving soil. So I now, every time I make a coffee, I've got one little bucket beside the coffee maker, which oh. has a sticker on it, you know, coffee granules only so all the leftover coffee granules go in there and then once a week I put them in in around the carrots I put them in around our roses or rhododendrons so the best oh, wow. thing to do in that scenario is just google your plants 
and the ones that like like blueberries as well love acid you know they're acid loving soil acid soil lovers um so just google you know the ones that like acid um soil and then you can use the coffee grounds but you can also do rings of coffee grounds around any plant and it'll deter the slugs from coming in mm. um, and the reason it deters the slugs not because they don't like the smell of coffee it's because they don't like dryness so slugs like a moist right. soil and if they come across a dry wall they'll just turn around and go back to the wet patch um so that's a really good tip that somebody told me and we do that a lot and i also use oyster shells somebody else told me um because i love oysters um so i break up all the oyster shells and i do a little wall around um you know a lot of the vegetables that you know to deter slugs and that really works too and eggshells also oh wow Sounds like you've really uh, tested out these uh, snail um, barrier methods anyway. <laughs> You're the right person to ask. Yes, it is, it's a big conversation. Like every time, you know, it's a big conversation, isn't it? Like when you're gardening, like how to get rid of the slugs and the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> how to deter them. We don't want to get rid of them completely. No, this is it. Yeah. We need a, a nice balance, but also having these eggshells and things on hand are, are never going to be let to waste, are they, <laughs> when, when slugs are about? So, um, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, now, obviously, that's a really good hack in itself. Um, our next question for you was, what are your top hacks in the garden? Um, are there any other things that you would you'd share with readers to sort of make things a little bit easier? Sort of um, any sort of shortcuts or just hints that you can offer? Um, yeah, I found, you know, feeding my tomatoes, get it, buying the tomato plant and feed and the tomato rice is the biggest brand, isn't it? That it was, it ended up being quite expensive. And I felt like I was spending, you know, 20 quid a week, you know, with the amount of tomatoes we have and feeding them at the moment, wow. you know, twice a week. Um, so instead we got dried seaweed, um, and we, soak the dried seaweed um and use that um as and dilute it then with water and we use that as a tomato seed and that is a really natural way um and a really cost effective way especially if you live near the sea um and you can gather your own seaweed um it's a really cost effective way to feed your tomato plants that would be a big one that um we've taken on um the other thing is to save your seeds and it's so easy to do it does take time so I think now is you know coming to the end of the summer as in the beginning of the you know beginning of autumn is a really good time to start saving all of your seeds yeah. um, you just need to dry them out so you know if you don't have one of those kind of racks that drying seed drying racks you could use um, is the sieve that you sieve your flour in just pop your seeds in that and you can just dry them out, put it over a bowl and just dry them out. It air aids them having the air coming from di- both underneath um, and top. Um, okay. Leave them for about a week and then pop them into a little envelope and then label them and then store them somewhere that is completely dry. If mm. it gets moisture, they'll rot. So it needs to be completely dry where they're stored and dark. And then you can use those seeds for next year. But it is so satisfying you know, for your cosmos or anything, like anything, even like all your beans and peas, keep all of them, you know, so that you can use them again for next year. And then you'll get into a system 
and get into a system um, for doing it. The other thing um, is a calendar. So I got a, bla- a big white marker board um, and I put you know, month by month on it. You know, So I have like a big kind of calendar and every month is a big square. And oh, yeah. I write in important things that I shouldn't forget, like whether it's, you know, in March for shitting the potatoes or, you know, um, mm-hmm. putting out my the first seeds for uh, Brussels sprouts. You know, because we always think of Brussels sprouts too late, or I used to anyhow, that they should be going out yeah. in April, you know, for the Christmas, um, as opposed to going out, I think last year I put them out in like September, and I'm like, oh, they'll still come up. <laughs> um, but they didn't. I got them in February. I got to get them in February. Though. Um, but it's like Christmas dinner, you know, those things. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, if you want delicious pumpkins to have around, you, you know, the harvest time or Halloween time. You know, make sure that you are planting them and receiving them at the best time. But that calendar is absolutely brilliant. And it should be a calendar for nothing else but gardening. So, you know, whether it's in your, if you've got a little shed, that's where you put your calendar. So when you go out, you're looking at it. And it's the only thing that's up there is what should be done that month. And then keep reading. And I said that before, but like reading, you know, when you're going to bed, reading gardening books um and you can get so many gardening books in secondhand stores yeah. um listening to podcasts like you guys and just learning from from other people i mean there is no better tip than i that i can give than you know the importance of learning from other people mm. yeah yeah definitely. 100%. it's such a community feel isn't it gardening you know no matter even if you grow in your own garden or you end up talking to people along the way who've got the same interests as you and you share tips and again this is what this podcast is all about and yeah it's, it's so important to get that feedback from others about what they do differently and how you can move forwards definitely um in terms of um looking at you know your whole gardening experience so far are there any sort of um, mantras that you sort of live by or anything that you've really um, applied to your own uh, growing pursuits? You know, what uh, if you had to like a lesson that you could pass on to our listeners, what would it be? Um, I think what I've learned um, with gardening is um, gardening gives you a lot more than just veg- vegetables or fruit. Gardening gives you a wonderful peace of mind. Oh yeah. Um it's really good for your mental health. Um it's really good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Every goodness that you put into the soil gives back in so many ways that you can't even see. You know, like for example, you, you know, this summer, it's huge drought here this summer. You know, and forty percent of our rainfall comes from the soil. Um and if we don't look after the soil we won't have, you know, we're we're going to keep having droughts. So wherever you see gravel, wherever you see tarmac, you know, this is a space where you can go, ah, let me break that up. Let me take out that tarmac. Let me take out all those pebbles and let me just put down soil and start growing. Um, as you take and take from the garden, you're taking all these gifts of the fruits and the vegetables, mm. you have to give back. This is a two-way street. You've got to give back into the soil. You've got to plant trees. You've got to plant things that are more are permanent and that are giving back. Yeah. Worms are, you know, the, the best gift um, to the 
soil, you know, they aerate it, they look after it. All those organisms underneath will look after the soil. Composting is so important so that you do your own composting. Mm. You know, every bit of vegetable that you've, you know, chopped up and it's got a little bit left over that you can't eat, you know, put it into your compost, create a heap and then dig that back into your soil once it's all broken down and composted. That's you've got to keep giving back to taking. Yeah, definitely. Yes, that's yeah. People don't think about that, do you? Like you say, you're exactly right. People just think about what they can get out of their garden for obvious reasons. But it is so important to think about the impact that you're having and yeah, how you can give back. Um, and obviously, you you said that you try, you know, you're living a completely sustainable lifestyle on your farm. Was that something that happened sort of all at once? Or were you making small changes over time? Um, I mean, I'm definitely an all or nothing person. <laughs> Um, and, and when I moved to the countryside and coming from London, um, I just had so much time. Like I had so much time. I mean, now I don't have a minute to myself. Um, we just so heaven stop and do this podcast. <laughs> um, but it, when I first came out of London, I just felt like I had so much time. My head was getting clearer and I got quite quickly into the country routine of getting up at the crack of dawn and going to bed very early. I went up to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And I got into that lovely country routine um, and it gave me so much energy, um, you know, to do everything. And I think I started off first, not with sustainability in mind, but more like how can we manage this land? Because it was quite an undertaking of being given 100 acres. And 100 acres, is, there's, there's woodlands, there's parkland, um, there's fields that have to be managed. Like We can't just let the grass grow. It, it just becomes weedy and the soil gets so bad, it needs to be managed properly. Yeah. It was only when we got our cows here that I really building on our whole sustainable cycle here. Because um, when you see living animals like that, that you've got to really look after. They're huge, these big cows. Yeah. Um, and the grass and looking at the soil. Like we, we, every week we go out and we look at the soil and turn it over and see how many organisms are there because the grass is coming up well. And do we have to move them into the next field and then mm. the whole herding of them into another field, which, you know, takes a day, three of us. Um, so you, you get so in, in, in sync and it's so exciting to learn the actual proper facts, in, you know, about this way of farming and then about the environment, because we all we all want to do something for the environment. You know, this drought this year has just shocked everybody and everybody's quite like very, very aware of it now. We all want to do it. And I think that it would be amazing to see, you know, the government or the education system for schools come up with a really great plan to teach us all what sustainability is and it's so important that we all learn you know we all learn more together about sustainability Mm. um and the importance of of really encouraging and supporting the farmers around the country definitely yeah Yeah. well 
obviously as well you know on your youtube channel i guess that's where people can also pick up um sustainability tips as well so would you be able to let us know um, where people can find you on youtube yes um thank you um if you put in my name um and then it'll come up close my chemist channel you click on that subscribe and then every week you'll get a notification um when the new series goes up and then you'll also receive on your email um new recipes free recipes every week full of slicing that's lovely nice way to uh, use your harvest up and things as well (laughs) exactly well thank you so much for your time Clyder it's been really lovely chatting to you and and getting to know all about your farm and we'll be uh, following along on your YouTube channel that's for sure (laughs) catching up on all your episodes as we speak so yeah carry on from where I left off (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much anyway Sophie shall we uh, have a see who our sponsor is for this episode yeah let's go DC Thompson shop has a wide range of garden plants accessories and gifts save up to 50% with many collections for a garden that takes care of itself with effortless low maintenance plants the shop has lots of popular bulbs, bedding plants and ground cover perennials too. For real garden enthusiasts, there is a choice of more unusual varieties. However green your fingers, there is something for everyone. Visit dcthompsonshop.co.uk and place your order today. Hey everyone! Hi! Hello! How are we doing today? Very yeah, good. Not too bad. Yeah. It's, it's another hot one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I do like the warm weather. I do enjoy sitting out in the garden of an evening, but I like it now really when the sun sort of starts to set and it's a bit cooler, but you've still yeah. got that gentle warmth and you're just chilling. Good description. It's when yeah. it's really, really sunny and hot in the middle of the day. I just, oh, I do struggle through it now, I'm afraid. Can yeah. we do an outside record? Yes, yeah. that'd be very nice. Aww. Like nature sounds. Find a nice quiet oh. park. Mm. Yeah, that'd be lovely. It'd be very soothing to listen to, wouldn't it? Yeah. We, and Sophie can identify all of the bird calls that we're hearing. <laughs> I will <laughs> try my best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Yeah. So, Laura, what's your story for today? Oh, my goodness. Well, do I have a story for you today? <laughs> um, this is on the Metro mm. website. And I'm going to just read this opener for you. You're going to love it. If your grass is in need of a trim, one family in South Wales have just the thing for the job, and it's not a lawnmower. Dawn Hart and her partner Richard White from South Wales keep more than 200 goats who are available to hire for grass cutting services. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So, yeah. I mean... Do you fancy hiring some goats yes. for your grass Does this mean cutting? that we get to also bond with the, I, with the yeah, goats? Because, I love goats. Yeah. I guess oh. it depends how business-minded they are. Like, do they just want to get in there and get the grass eaten? Or are they up for some fuss? Yeah. I mean, I mean I, some goats are quite affectionate, but others are very, like, true. feed me or absolutely leave me alone. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so, depends on the nature of these yeah, goats. Yeah. And also, yeah. I'm pretty. Have you, have, you, have you seen um, Clarkson's Farm on yes. Amazon yes. Prime? I'm pretty sure that was the reason that Jeremy Clarkson bought those sheep was to like keep the grass <laughs> short. Nice. And in reality, it was much more troublesome than he had initially anticipated. So, yeah. you know, I guess if, the, if, like you say, if you're hiring the goats for a short period of time, that is probably the perfect solution. Whereas like keeping the goats full time... Yeah. yeah, probably means that they'll end up destroying 
all plants rather than just eating the grass. That's true. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> well, it says here, most have names and I've got individual collars with all their names on and our telephone numbers. They're basically lawnmowers. However, their main purpose is to work in large groups and do conservation grazing for the council and national trust. <laughs> The goats eat through all the weeds and brambles to clear pathways. They're great for getting into smaller spaces where you can't send a tractor, heavy machinery, or need to protect wildlife. They're certainly browsers before grazers. When they go into a field, they head straight for the trees and the bits on the side before tackling the middle. Oh, they literally have an actual job. Yeah. I wonder what the official title of it, of, you know... Chief grass cutter, I don't know. Something also, a little bit fancy. Yeah. If they go out in a group of goats, is one like the site manager goat? Yeah. So you you go over there, and we start in that corner there. You tackle those weeds on that path, and you can do this little, <laughs> little patch here. <laughs> Hope you're hungry, lads. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll forget. laughs> that was not a goat sound. <laughs> <laughs> now, which bird was that? <laughs> oh, I love it. Speaking of, um, well, I say that some people do have goats as pets. I do have a, have a friend that's got a few goats as pets. So they, you know, they do count. So it's a good crossover, um, I think. Um, but I wanted to talk about pets on the plot. I know that a lot of our um, readers and listeners and stuff have a lot of um, animal friends that like to join them in the garden. So do either of your pets like to sort of, you know, keep an eye on you while you're working on the plot well uh, Mike <laughs> <laughs> well you had an incident the other day oh, <laughs> related to the garden and my cat so my cat is called Winnie mm-hmm. um, much like your dog I have a dog called Winnie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and she's an indoor cat um, but she, we let her around the garden she has a little stroll she has no desire to go any further she comes back in usually that's normally mm-hmm. the way things work well the other day um, we let her out had a little little mooch around the garden and then we just didn't see her anymore we were thinking where's she gone so we we walked outside and we could hear a meow like meowing coming from somewhere oh and we were thinking oh so we thought she was in the shed because it was coming from the shed so we looked in the shed there was absolutely nothing no sight of her in there and it turns out she'd somehow got underneath our shed. Oh, no. my God. And was absolutely panicking, like crying oh. out for help, poor little thing. And and she was not used to... I mean, she's used to being pampered, clean inside. <laughs> Literally, like, she won't fully sit on the ground when it's wet. Like, she, and, you know, like, gra- wet grass. She's like, oh, oh, oh. Like, she jumps on our stepping stone instead. She'll take the safe route. Oh. But, so being under a dirty shed was probably... I would assume she saw a mouse go underneath oh, or something. Oh, I was going to say what possessed her to go. I reckon, because she, she does... Sometimes sort of look under. We've got sort of a tiny gap, but we still to this day cannot work out how she got in there. We think she must have like found a tiny cubby hole and wormed away in, but obviously she couldn't get back out again. So called my grandparents and my granddad came around and tried to <laughs> saw some of the shed off to try and get her out. Oh gosh. And this obviously like scared her even more so she didn't come out for a good half an hour after that and then, and then in the end she came out a different hole that we hadn't even sawn in so <laughs> it was oh. a complete waste of time so she was having you all on to start <laughs> she with. was she was oh, and oh, all the goodness. all the crunchy treats in the world couldn't call her out she was happy in the end I like well, how you yeah. did not do any brand affiliation there, even though I'm quite yes. happy for us to say Dreamies. Okay, that, uh, that was my my brand of choice. <laughs> if, any, if anyone would like to send us yeah. some Dreamies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll be gratefully received. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just like a Dreamie. Yeah. Well, I think, like, of my 
motley crew. Um, two of my cats are indoor cats because the road out the front's really busy, so they don't come in the garden with me, although one of them sits in the kitchen window and screams at me the whole time I'm outside. <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll give you three guesses who that is. And um, <laughs> she really wants to come out, and sometimes we take her out in our arms but I've put her on the floor before and she just like on her tummy runs back to the back door. So, um, but Buddy, um, who was our stray cat who adopted us, um, he doesn't really help in the garden so much, I wouldn't say, as his favourite sunbathing spot is right in the middle of my strawberry bed. Um, So loads of my strawberries have been crushed and killed and now there's a cat-shaped hole in the middle. (laughs) Um, but he does definitely like it when you're out there because he likes being out there, but he also likes being around you. So yeah. he quite likes like if you're doing a bit of pruning or something and then you have a little twig that you can yeah, throw for him. They like and... to be involved, but not actively. Like they like to watch you doing things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Didn't I Didn't your that. dog before Winnie quite like helping with the gardening? They, yeah, like she really loved being out in the garden anyway which was lovely but I'm convinced that she watched us like eating tomatoes off of the plant and then got the idea that oh I can eat because she was so greedy she would literally eat and eat and eat like I I don't think that she had a filter with that but (laughs) I remember like once I had some um, tomato plants growing in my conservatory and I was sat I think I was reading in the conservatory minding my own business she was sat in one of the armchairs right next to the plants and then all of a sudden I heard this like rustling sound and I looked up and she was like pulling the tomato leaf with her teeth and like stripping the leaf and then (gasps) eating it oh as well as a stopper because that can i think they you're not obviously not supposed to eat them but i'm pretty sure i could probably give her a stomachache or something yeah. so i was like you, you can't but i think that's what it was she'd seen me like taking oh, a tomato and eating it so she thought oh this is just an edible plant <laughs> and i have to do this with my winnie now because we've got some strawberries growing in some pots and we have to make sure we take the strawberry off of the plant and eat it while she's not looking because otherwise she will figure out that she can eat them and then she'll just go to town on them (laughs) no more strawberries for you no this is decorative definitely not edible yeah oh god yeah any tomatoes she actually loves tomatoes i don't for a dog it's a fascination i don't understand oh that's sweet i mean she has good taste she does not even homegrown she's not even tried homegrown ones yet so uh, we'll we'll sample her on those when we can she'll she'll be incredulous she'll be like wow (laughs) amazing (laughs) (laughs) i'll always remember as well um when i first started on grow your own quite a long time ago now um i remember someone on social media sent in a picture um i'd said something about oh do do your pets help you on the plot send us some pictures we'd love to see your photos of your pets and one lady had grown some um blueberries and she had two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, which I, I had one of those at the time. And they literally would double team and like pinch all the blueberries off the palm. <laughs> and oh, I just wow. thought that was fantastic. Like they, they're they so clever that they yeah. figure out, oh, yeah, this is a free snack. I can yeah. eat whenever I like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, encouraging healthy habits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So to any listeners, please always send us photos yeah, yeah that still media. stands that always stands absolutely it will never not be welcome like we literally i think we all like you know have a good afternoon pet share photos all the time don't we yeah. we always like give each other pet updates so yeah please get involved in that if you're yeah. if you're cat dog goat likes <laughs> to join you on the pot chicken yes yeah. anything anything Any goldfish 
Yes. <laughs> I bet you somebody does. I'm Take sure. Take us all goldfish bowl on the side. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love some pet garden updates. Yeah. Is there I anything do. better? No. Also, they're great overseers of what's going on. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to lay here in the sun and you can just carry on with what you're doing while I lay here and judge you. <laughs> this is it. Well, 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 my Winnie, she was um she was kind of really actively sniffing the other day. I was I was repotting my chili. It's got huge. And I was putting that in a new pot. And she was sniffing and, and little did I know my mum was taking photos of me through the window. So there's a nice <laughs> little shared gardening session Aww. in a photo. So I'm very pleased I have that one. <laughs> but yeah, she was interested. She's probably wondering what the smell of all the compost was. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they are they're great. They're great company, aren't they? They are. Definitely. Yeah. So, Laura, have you got some jobs on the plot for us? I do actually. When sowing in hot, dry weather conditions, it's a good idea to water your drills before you get started. You can continue to make regular sowings of quick-growing salad leaves to ensure delicious harvests all season long. Hot weather often means you're in more danger of experiencing pest infestations in undercover spaces. So make sure you keep your greenhouses well ventilated and damp down the space by spraying water on the ground. This helps increase humidity levels. Make sure your crops have adequate water this month as fruits will be swelling left, right and centre. On the subject of watering, you may want to look at some methods for minimising waste, so make sure you check individual irrigation requirements for the plants you're growing and try to water either first thing in the morning or the evening when less evaporation takes place. Mulching will also help conserve water and do make use of water butts. Have a great week in the garden and until next time, happy growing! Thank you for listening to this series of The Dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free so you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word to your plot neighbours. Plus, we have an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for listeners of The Dirt. All you need to do is visit growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash GYO52. That's GYO and the number 52. Or call 0800 904 7000 and quote GYO 52 to receive three issues for just £5. That's a saving of a whopping 76%. Every issue of Grow Your Own is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with a wonderful bonus gift such as selections of seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And on a final exciting note, remember to get in touch if you or any of your gardening friends have some great stories of successes and fails on the plot. You could be a guest on the next series.